ever wondered what needs to happen to take an idea and turn it into a TV show? Because all of the TV that we watch starts as an idea in somebody's head, and then they had to develop that idea, advocate for it, and finally get it on TV. Well, it turns out what needs to happen isn't so different from what we need to do as business owners to take an idea out of our head and turn it in to a business. Today, I am so excited to share this episode with you. I am speaking to Dave Knoll, the co-creator of the hit reality TV show, Chopped. We're diving into how he and his colleague first developed the idea of this show and what they needed to do to get it to 75% there to being on the air. We also talk about how too much of something almost killed the show. You don't want to miss this interview. There are so many brilliant nuggets that apply to how we run our business and what it takes to be successful in business because television is business after all. A little bit more about Dave. He's a television series creator and a showrunner. He has created, sold, and produced 60 plus series and over 3,300 episodes, both in the U.S. and around the world. Dave has two Emmys, two Gracie Awards, a James Beard Award for Best Television Series, Chopped, and a Platinum Album Award from the Recording Industry of America. So enjoy the show, and I will be back on the flip side to wrap everything up. listening to the Rebel Uprising podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping passionate business owners become recognized leaders who make more money and impact the world by turning their messy, complicated ideas into thriving thought leadership businesses. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Mazer, and I'll be your no BS guide in the art of building a business that gets noticed. Each week, I share strategies, tools, and insights on how to turn your complicated ideas into great messaging and solid business structures. Are you ready to create an uprising in your industry? Let's do this. Hi, Dave. Welcome to the Rebel Uprising podcast. I am so excited to chat with you today. Oh my gosh, it's outstanding to join you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for asking because I thought it was super cool that you and your co-creator produced this incredible TV show called Chopped. And for our listeners who might be living under a rock and who don't know what Chopped is all about, why don't you tell us what it's about? What? If you don't know what Chopped is about, then I'm sorry for that. It's terrible. All bragging aside, it is one of the greatest culinary competitions, one of the greatest food competitions in history. And I'm that that's just the truth. There's the the big ones are essentially MasterChef on Fox with Gordon Ramsay, Top Chef on Bravo, and then Chopped, which is on the both the Food Network and now also Discovery Plus. And Chopped, it's unique in that it all happens in the course of one hour. So 
you flip on Chopped and there's four up and coming chefs and they each have to cook an appetizer and serve it to our judges. Our hook is that they are given a basket of ingredients that they have no idea what is going to be in that basket. It could literally be anything from M&Ms to octopus. So they open up the basket. They have to cook an appetizer. Then one of them is then chopped, which is what Uh keeps the energy of the show going. Whoever cooks what our judges decide is the least appetizing appetizer. The worst (laughs) chef gets chopped. Then three chefs move on to the main course. They're given a new basket of ingredients. One of them is chopped. And then two chefs are left to cook a dessert. And one of them is chopped and the other one wins $10,000. And it's been now on the air for 10 plus years. It's absolutely amazing. And multiple versions and versions now around the world. So we are almost up to a thousand episodes across the franchise. Wow. And you've even been spoofed on Saturday Night Live. Thank you so much for bringing that up. It was honestly one of the greatest moments of my entire life. And it was so weird because you're sitting there watching Saturday Night Live. And then all of a sudden. Oh, my gosh, you don't know. I had no idea. No one told me. And, you know, I've been in TV a long time. You know, like I know people who have written for Saturday Night Live, obviously, but I've been a fan of Saturday Night Live since I was old enough like since high school, right? Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're watching this show and they're doing your show. And by the way, one of my favorite actresses of all time, absolutely, is Emma Thompson. And she's in the flipping sketch. And I completely freaked out. I was very emotional about it for a number of weeks. My wife thought I was like losing it. I, I love that because um, it was funny because I was Googling the show and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this sketch. I mean, what an honor to be a part of the cultural zeitgeist that is Saturday Night Live. And um, if you haven't seen the sketch, we'll hook it up for you at, in the show notes for sure. Y'all must watch the sketch. It's a little naughty. I'm not going to lie. I like Saturday Night Live style. It's a little naughty, but uh, it was crazy because you... When you have a successful television show, you never really know. You don't really know how successful it is until later. Mm. You put this show out there and then the numbers come back. And in the case of Chopped, they were good, but it wasn't. People think like, ah, was it a blockbuster out of the gate? It's great. And that really isn't usually what happens in television. It happens maybe with some scripted shows, but most things aren't just out of the gate amazing. And basically what happened with Chopped is it took a couple of years for it to really uh, permeate the zeitgeist, as as you just said. Well, and it's such a good way uh, because I think, you know, for the people who are listening, you know, we come up with these ideas and we don't know their impact right away. And it it can take some time to figure that out. greatest thing is you don't know. I say to anyone, if you're writing a book, if you're starting a podcast, if you're trying to create a TV show, if you're writing a song, people in advertising, architects, anyone who's in anything creative at all. And there's so many of us. The most amazing part is you have no idea really what the success is going to be, right? You have Mm -hmm. absolutely no idea. And where that can lead is often mind-blowing. Hey, it's Michelle swooping in to let you know that Dave and I had some technical issues during this interview. His mic totally went out. So we did this in 
two parts. You might notice a little audio quality difference. You might not either way. But here is part two. All right, switching gears. Can you take me back to that moment when you and your co-creator first came up with the idea for Chopped? Like, what was happening? What was going on? I would like to say I remember it like it was yesterday. I don't remember it like it was yesterday, only because it was such a long time ago at this point. So it was Mm -hmm. 2006. And at that point, I worked on as part of a development team with this very talented show creator named Mike Krupat. And Mike's still creating shows to this day. He was based in LA. I was based in New York. I was about to pitch the great Charles Norlander at the Food Network. And for those of you who don't know Charles Norlander, which is crazy, but he is TV legend. He was at the Food Network for a long time at a number of other places. And he is this intimidating presence. I, I just think one of the smartest people in TV And he has glasses and he's always really dressed well. So I had this meeting set with Charles Norlander at the Food Network and I called Mike and I said, I've got a couple of things to pitch him. I don't have anything that I absolutely love. Oh, And Mike and I had been having this pretty lengthy conversation, like months long, maybe years long conversation about this trashy, trashy television show called Eliminate. Um, <laughs> I think I remember that show. Oh my gosh, it was trashy. <laughs> it was definitely trashy. So Eliminate was a trashy uh, syndicated television show where a woman dated five, four, not five, a woman dated four men at once and at different points in the show eliminated, that's why it was called Eliminate, one guy. So she was like, okay, I'm tossing out Jimmy. And so he's gone. And then a little bit later in the show, she gets rid of another dude and he's gone. Now there's two guys left. And then she gets rid of one and then ends up in a jacuzzi with another, you know, with the guy. Uh Uh-huh. Got it. Got it. And so Mike and I, we're TV format nerds of honestly, which there's just not that many people in the world who are TV format nerds, but we Uh are. And so we would talk about this show and basically we said to each other, in theory, this should work. This format, we started calling it a 4321 format. Now that is a real term in television. People refer to them as 4321s. Mike and I were calling this crazy show a 4321, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And so he said, well, what if we 4321 a cooking competition. And at that point in time, Food Network had basically one great cooking competition, and that was Iron Chef. Oh, I remember Iron Chef. Yeah, that was excellent. Iron Chef's a great show. But the other thing format nerds know is that Iron Chef gets a little bit hard to watch, maybe a halfway through or two thirds of the way through because it's only one competition. So we took this knowledge. We were like, okay, Iron Chef is great, but halfway through, two-thirds of the way through, it gets a little slow. Eliminate is trashy, (laughs) but it's never boring. Mm -hmm. So what if we combine these two things together? And honestly, it. it was amazing. It was, you know, sometimes I've heard Paul McCartney talk about writing songs, pop songs. Yeah. And he talks about how sometimes it's it takes months and it's kind of a slog and you just know there's something there. And you, 
it sticks with you or whatever. And then sometimes it, it just all comes and it's amazing. And this it, creating television shows is exactly the same way. Sometimes there's shows that take years, years to, to craft and you have this nugget of an idea and you work it and you work it and you work it. And finally it clicks mm-hmm. chopped. As soon as he said, what about a four, three, two, one meets iron chef? Like literally I was like, Oh my God, that's brilliant. It's, and you know, and I was like, and then he, ah. he was like, it's three competitions now. So that could be appetizer, main course dessert. And I was like, you're a genius. This is insane. Hey, I wanted to pause here because Dave just said something really important for you as a business owner. He was talking about the idea that sometimes a show takes years and years to craft and you just have this nugget of an idea and you work it and eventually it clicks. And I just wanted to say your business and your message can be a lot like this. It is an evolution that we work on to get it right, to get that right argument. All right, I'm going to let Dave go back to his story. And then I was like, you know, that silver dome that in a fancy restaurant, they take off the silver. He removes the thing and he's and that's the dish that's been eliminated. And he says, you've been chopped. And then both of us were like, the show's called Chopped. It's perfect. (laughs) And it was this moment of sheer excitement and energy. And to his credit, Norlander got it almost instantly. So I actually went in and said, we've got this amazing, you know, it's a hilarious pitch, but it's a really great show. I had known Norlander for a while at that point. So he, he trusted me and he was like, so, but I said, it's got a really funny pitch. It's the line is, and it's true. This is iron chef meets a limited. Yeah. I mean, that's a great pitch. It is. (laughs) And he, and he immediately, you know, his eyes, widened and he smiled and he laughed. So when, when you have a cell line that good, and when you have, when you have a title as good as chopped, which really is, it's amazing how great that title is. It is. That is far, right? That, that gets you 75%, 85% of the way there. But now though, you do need a show that is amazing and it works on every level. And so he asked me a series of questions. I walked him through the format beat by beat. It then took two plus years to get on the air, which was agony. To his credit, he got it right away and he fought for that show the whole time. Michelle here again. I just wanted to highlight something that Dave said because he is dealing with TV producers who hear a lot of pitches, just like your clients are always being sold to. And the interesting thing to me is he was talking about the title of the show and the sell line is what gets you 85% of the way there. That is true for businesses as well. Like having that great three-word rebellion, that unique selling proposition, and then having a compelling, what I call a why buy statement, the reason people should work with you, the what they're going to get from it, that brings you such a long way. And yeah, it might take work, but once you get there, as long as you have an amazing product or service to back it up, it's going to make a huge difference, just like it made a huge difference to Dave 
getting chopped on the air. Now, we're going to talk to him about the struggles of taking this idea into and turning it into a reality. So that brings me to like my next question, because yeah, like he bought it. He got it. You had a great sell line. You had a great message, great name. (laughs) But I know that there are a lot of people who have to buy into your idea in order to get a TV show produced. So how did you navigate those two years and handle the people who are like, I'm not really sure about this show? I mean, I could literally do, you know, like a two hour podcast (laughs) slash therapy session. You know, there would be tears and agony. (sighs) First of all, that's why having a great title and a great sell line is so helpful, right? Because it does take two years. That's, you know, it's the fastest you can ever get a show on the air and TV is maybe six months, nine months. And then sometimes it takes two years, two and a half years. And so if you have the great sell line, if you have the great title, those are the types of things, or if, if you have a great talent, if you have a great host, those are the types of things that keep a show afloat and it gets it through all those different divisions, no matter who we pitch, they have to pitch their boss and their boss has to pitch their boss or their boss has to pitch the marketing team or the sales team or whoever it is. Mm. And that's why we work so hard at crafting all of those little elements. Hey, are you ready to advocate for your work to Build the argument that allows you to powerfully and persuasively communicate the value your business creates in your marketing, your copy, and sales. Well, that's exactly what we do in the Three Word Rebellion Messaging Intensive. It is me and you for 90 days building out a comprehensive message that positions your work with the Three Word Rebellion and builds that argument for why people should work with you. Ready to see if this is the right next move for your business? Go to 3wrcall.com. That is the number 3wrcall.com and fill out the application. Let me take a look and see if it makes sense for us to have a conversation together. I look forward to chatting with you and helping you boldly advocate for your work. But the crazy thing about Chopped is because Iron Chef had this storyline. So Iron Chef, we remember it as really just a competition and it was it's two chefs against each other with their teams and Mm-hmm. And there's one ingredient or whatever. But in the original Iron Chef, there was a, this storyline that that was part of the show. And so what happened in the development of Chopped was Food Network came back to us and they said, look, this is a great show. We love it. But for this pilot, we want some sort of storyline. And we said, what do you mean exactly? They pointed to Iron Chef and they said, we need some sort of story to get the viewer through this. And so we worked with our development team. So it was Mike and myself and Cleve Keller, who I still work with to this day. She's a genius and a couple other people. And we worked and crafted this storyline. These four chefs were cooking for this wealthy individual who you never see. But the whole show took place at the mansion. And the host was essentially like the butler, the chief of staff, that kind Ah. of And these chefs were were cooking for this, like like the banker on Deal or No Deal, this person you never saw. Yeah. And it got to the point, it's almost embarrassing, but it's such a weird, crazy story, 
where they said, we want more story, more story. So it got to the point where the dish that was chopped, that chef was eliminated and that dish was served to the dog. Ouch. So painful. And it was painful to watch, like to take an up and coming chef. Not only have they been eliminated from this competition, but also then their food is served to the dog was very cutting and very. It was a lot of Fox shows at that point that were very cutting like that. It was very Fox. It was not Food Network. Yeah. I remember being in the edit and just panicking and going, I can't believe this is really what they wanted. And yet that's what they asked for. And they were a part of the, you know, the whole time. And it's just that you have these moments in television where you're just like, I can't see them picking this up. And yet this is what they say. Maybe this is the direction they're going in. But my gut feeling was this is going to die. And and it's so painful because we worked so hard and you, and the title's great. Everything went about it was so great. And they turned it down so fast they took one look at it and basically said, this isn't our network at all. What were you thinking? And it was a terrible, you know, heartbreaking moment because we literally were like, this idea from the beginning was so good. And that's it. They call you one day and it's just dead. There's not, you know, it's like, it's, uh. it's dead. So I wanted to pause here for a second because I think there's a really important lesson for you. Everybody is going to want to give you feedback on your business, on your message, how you should be marketing. But at the end of the day, it's about feeling into what is right for you and your business. And just because somebody gives you feedback doesn't mean that you have to do it, right? It doesn't mean that at all. So in Dave's gut, he knew that this was not going to work, but he ignored it and just took the feedback and implemented it. So whenever you get feedback that doesn't feel right for your business, your message, your marketing, set it aside. You get to make the ultimate decision. Okay, let's go back to Dave's story because clearly it has a happy ending. Luckily, and this is, you know, when people say, you know, what is the most valuable advice that you give to anyone in television? It really is like, don't ever, ever give up. Like when you believe in something and you really think it can be wildly successful and last for 10 years, 20 years, the way it was once described to me is like, don't leave the playing field. Let everyone else leave the playing field. And you're the last one out there until like everyone has told you it's terrible. (laughs) Just stay in the game. Yeah. And so the showrunner, the great Linda Lee, she had been the showrunner on Queer Eye. Mm-hmm. And so Linda and I were just talking about it one day. This was a couple of weeks later. And she's this very smart, brassy, very creative Southern woman. And she and I were talking and we were just like, we believe in this show so much. And, and together we decided, look, we're going back in there. You know, we're just not going to take no for an answer. And not only are we going to go back in there, we're going to risk, you know, we had development executives that were on the show. We're going to risk it, risk offending everyone. And we're going to go right to Bob Tushman, who is the the head of the Food Network at that point. We're going to go right to Bob and say, we want to meet with you. Mm -hmm. And God bless Bob Tushman. He said, yes, he took the meeting. 
And we went in and it was Linda and I on one side and Bob and his team on the other side. And, you know, Linda and I had prepared this entire repitch of the show, why it was going to be so good, the success that could happen two years down the road, five years down the road, 10 years down the road. We had the whole thing mapped out. Mm -hmm. And right at the very beginning of the meeting, there was a little bit of small talk. And there's never that much small talk with Bob Tishman because he's always very direct and to the point. So there was maybe two minutes of small talk. And then he brought out of a folder the original document, the original pitch. And at that moment, I was so excited. Like I was like, oh, wow, we're talking about the same thing right now. He knows about that document. Mm -hmm. And he said, Dave and Linda, this show on this page was so good. Why did you give me all that craziness about the The dog, the dog (laughs) and and the rich guy? Why didn't we just do this? And then you're in this crazy position of, well, you can't throw his whole team under the bus. You know, like it's. Yeah. So but we calmly said, hey, look, that's the show we believe in. That's the show we came here to talk to you about. And that's the show we wanted to do. Because of this Iron Chef storyline, your team asked us for a storyline. You know, we have all that documentation. We can walk you back through how that happened. But we would kill to go back to that original document. And he said, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to do another pilot. And I want it to be this document. Do not verge from this document. That said, though, he didn't want to pay for another full pilot. So he made us pay for half the pilot. Oh, and so we found the money for it. And to his credit, though, we then said, look, if we're going to pay for half of this, we don't want a lot of we're going to do that document. We don't want a lot of notes. And he said, we're not going to give you any notes. Okay. do the show you want to do. It's just the rare example of when you stick it out and you just never give up and you work with the best in the industry, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes it works out. (laughs) By the way, it never works like the Chopped has, but sometimes it does. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think for business owners, there's a few definite takeaways. And one of the things you were, as you were telling me about this elaborate story that got built around the premise of Chopped, I was like, oh, this is like too many, like literally too many cooks in the kitchen spoiling the pot. Like everybody's involved. Everybody has an opinion. And I know for the people, like people who listen to the show, they're always seeking feedback and seeking opinions. And then all of a sudden it overcomes complicates their idea and really dilutes like the brilliance of it. And then, then, when, then when it doesn't work, they're like, oh, what do you mean? It, it, what do you mean? No, I've done all of this work. And you're like, well, the, the, the simple idea was the best idea. And the, the more I talk to entrepreneurs, the more I talk to successful business people, you hear this time and time and time and time again, I realized eventually, but it took me forever I thought my goal was to create the next big thing Mm -hmm. and then figure out how to sell the next big thing. And then when somebody wanted it, figure out how to build the next big thing. Right. And those are three very different roles that I have to do all three. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is once you do, once you create the next big thing, you sell the next big thing as you're building it. And then as it's succeeding, my other role then is to make sure the heart of it is always the most important part. 
So mm. everyone around me, as you just said, wants to add something, right? They can yeah. all feel this. And the more and the better the show is, the more people want to add. They want to be able to say, I'm the one who said in act two, we should do the thing. They, they all want to give you their feedback and want to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's your job to calmly say, and with a smile on your face, like, yes, but let's keep in mind the heart of this show is it's a four, three, two, one. It is a real competition. This is like a sporting event. It's a real competition. We can't make this crazy. We have to keep it to the roots of the Food Network and to this particular show. And that's what I've learned along the way. Like, it's also my role to keep us on track and keep the heart of the show, the heart of the show. Yeah. So before we go into our lightning round of three-word rebellion Woo-hoo! questions, um, what would be one piece of advice that you would have for an entrepreneur to help them advocate for their own creative ideas in their business? I mean, I picture it as walls. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, whether no matter what your business is, no matter what you're doing, whether it's real estate or TV, like, you know, or... or or you're selling boxes or whatever it is. I see it as there's walls and what everyone's going to do, even though it doesn't make any sense, right? Like it doesn't make any sense at all that Mm -hmm. everyone else's job is to put a wall in front of me. But it does seem like there's Cleve and I, we create a show and then it seems like everyone else's job is to throw up some sort of wall. Yep. And you have to have enough energy and enough passion And you have to have those great things. Like, what is the great hook? What is the great title? And as I say, no matter this is no matter what you're selling or what Mm -hmm. you're trying to grow, you need that line, that thing, because really you have to crash through those walls multiple times a day, every single day. And tomorrow, no matter who insults you, no matter what show they're turning down, you have to do it again. And the next day you have to do it again. And so I would just say, no, that if you're trying to be wildly successful at something and you're looking in the future and you're going over the course of the next three, four, five years, or even 10 years, I'm going to build this amazing property. All right. Here's something we don't talk about enough in business. What it really takes to build a successful business, whatever success means for you. It is that tenacity. It is that resiliency. It is all the work that we don't see, but we just see the end result on Instagram or Facebook, right? Just like we see the end result of the chopped TV show, but we don't know what it takes get there. And that is such a good point. It takes longer than you think, no matter what industry you're working in. All right, back to Dave. Then you just better buckle up. You need to go and crash through those walls every single day for three years, four years, five years. You just got to keep doing it. Yeah. Yes. Well, as someone who works on messaging with people to help them create that like title and that sellable line that people like want to know more about. I'm like, like I'm sitting here the whole time being like, yes, this is exactly (laughs) why I do the work I do because it's not easy to craft that, but once you have it, it helps you crash through the walls. A hundred percent. And this is why I love your podcast, by the way, because no matter what business you are in, you need those things. I get people pitching me all the time with various things. And what I want to say is it's just not tight enough. Maybe you have 
a nebulous idea for a show that's never been done that might be interesting, but it's not, you haven't worked it. You're, you're like mm. a sculptor who just threw some clay at me and it roughly looks like something great, you know? Yeah. But you need that great sell line. You need that great title, right? If it's a new company, if it's a new, whatever it is, app, a new, whatever, you need the whole thing. And it has to be so tight that you can tuck it under your arm and get ready to crash through every wall that comes in front of you. Oh God. Thank you. Thank I'm you. with you. Yes. A hundred percent. We couldn't be better aligned. All right. Dr. Michelle, I am with you. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the lightning round of three word rebellion questions? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Maybe. All right. So tell me, what's one thing you're rebelling against? Negativity. I'm sick of it. It's <laughs> so yes. easy to be negative. It's so easy to be grumpy. It's so easy. People think, oh, that person's just happy. That person's just positive. Like that's the way they were born. No, no, no. That's the hard work. The hard work is to be positive. The hard work is to face you know, everything we're facing as humans and be happy. The hard work is to be a positive, uplifting, idea-filled person. The easy thing is to be negative. That's what we're naturally all are, right? That's the easy. The easy thing is to be the curmudgeon, the critic, the negative Nelly. I am so sick of that. I rebel against it. It's so interesting you say that because I came up with these three word rebellion questions. And the first one, like, what are you rebelling against? People always are like, oh, my gosh, so many things. Let me tell you all of the things. But then when I ask them this next question, it stumps them like they don't have as much to say. So that question is, (laughs) what change do you want to create in the world? The answer is crazy easy because it's the opposite. And it is positivity. Mm -hmm. I just think. You know, like, yes, this country is not perfect. Yes, no matter who you are, your life is not perfect. Your your husband's not perfect. Your job is not perfect. Your boss is not perfect. If we could just relax a little and be so much of of our lives, though, no matter how you want to look at it, whether you're religious or, or not, but so much of our life is a gift, is a blessing. We are part of a country, or there's a number of countries out there where you can do amazing, miraculous things if you put your mind to it. And if you are relentlessly positive day in and day out and learn and, and be ready to crash through walls and be smart. And so what change do I want to create in the world is a heck of a lot more positivity. And it's interesting because I would say it's positivity infused with action and infused with overcoming the obstacles. And some sort of intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that goes without saying, I think. But (laughs) finally, if everyone acted on the change, what would the world be like? (laughs) It's it's so like, you know, like, let's all hold hands and sing together. (laughs) Yes. This is the road I've driven down. But I really do believe that you know, even the great, the great financial thinkers, the Warren Buffetts and the Oprah, you know, like the positivity that flows through them is what has helped them. And it is what has made them successful. And the more successful I have gotten, the more of these types of people I have met along the way, the more I meet them and the more I hang out with them, the more I believe 
they had to also be so positive to get through everything they've gotten through. And so I really do believe if everybody acted on that change and woke up and said, you know what, tomorrow, no matter what life throws at me, I'm going to be a little bit happier. I'm going to be a little bit more positive. I'm going to be a little bit more open to other people. It would make the world a much better place. But on a listener to listener, you know, I just say to all the listeners out there, to everyone listening to your podcast, first, you're making very smart decisions. Great choices. <laughs> but Thank second you. of all, like if you want to be successful, this is what I've learned from my career, but also meeting with all these people, wake up tomorrow and decide I'm going to be a little bit more positive. I'm going to be a little bit happier and come up with that long-term plan. Where do you see yourself in five years, 10 years? How do you get there? You have to walk tall with a smile on your face and say, this is where I want to be in five years, 10 years down the line. You have to wake up every day and decide, I'm going to do it again today. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to get there. I love it. (laughs) So Dave Noel, tell people where they can find you. Where do you hang out these days? LinkedIn is my favorite. I decided in 2021, I was just going to every secret I've ever learned, I was going to put on LinkedIn. And so I'm trying to just do post after post of anything I've ever learned. So connect with me on LinkedIn or Instagram. On Instagram, I am at Dave Knoll TV. So D-A-V-E-N-O-L-L-T-V. Well, Dave, thank you so much. This was such a great and insightful interview. I really appreciate you. Whoa, that was such a great conversation. I felt like I was with Dave when he was describing about coming up with the idea for Chopped. His enthusiasm is contagious. And I hope it inspires you to keep crashing through the wall. Whether that wall is trying to develop your message or developing that cell line, or maybe it's just you're getting too much feedback and you don't know which way to go, or you just feel like you're at a dead end and you're not sure what you need to do next to advocate for your work and get it out into the world. Next week, we are going back to our industry, the business world, and I want to bust through a misconception around building your audience and your platform, especially looking at some of the celebrity entrepreneurs, the biggest names with the biggest audiences, and talk about how they really developed their platform and what that means for your business. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of the show. Your support means the world to me. Did you know the Rebel Uprising podcast has a quiz that can help you pinpoint the number one way to build an audience of super fans while staying true to your unique personality? We do, and it's called What's Your Rebel Roadmap to Exponential Impact and Influence? And you can take it at therebelquiz.com. If you're loving the podcast, do us a favor, rate and leave us a quick five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps more people like you find the show. Until next week, remember, your ideas matter. And now get back out there and cause an uprising in your industry. You got this.